You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are your five times, or sometimes six times, or sometimes seven times a week Locked On Bengals podcast. Make sure you click the subscribe button on YouTube if you're new, the follow button wherever you get your podcasts on audio so we're delivered to your ears and eyes every day. Today, James, a lot to talk about as we reflect on the Bengals' divisional round victory over the Tennessee Titans on the road. Crowd noise, communication, something we didn't get to talk about yesterday. Looking at Joe Burrow's numbers and pressure and these things in retrospect, talking about the offensive line, which is what it is at this point, right, and how they can deal with that going forward in the playoffs. And a lot of praise for DJ Reader and this defense from Zach Taylor CJ Uzama and others because like I said yesterday he had a heck of a game and deserves some some more praise and and this defense I think deserves some more praise Lou Anarumo getting an interview for a head coaching job the the day after his defense essentially carries the Bengals to victory and along with Evan McPherson of course but let's start with the guy that's really still the key to it all and that's Joe Burrow James and I think that he still had a, a fine game, right? He he was not bad by any means, but there were some communication issues that they're going to have to learn from the, the environments that they're playing in in the playoffs are going to be on the road again next week in an environment that's going to be just as loud, if not louder than what they faced in Tennessee. And I, I thought, you know, too many snaps where they're breaking the huddle late, too many snaps where they're snapping the ball with the play clock, play clock expiring and, Burrow's trying to change things at the line of scrimmage, and it's hard to do in these environments. Sounds like Zach Taylor has acknowledged he needs to get the plays in a little bit faster as well. Talked about that in his Sunday press conference. This is something that they can learn from and and make some adjustments this week, I think, before the conference championship. Much like last week uh, against the Raiders where, you know, they won and, you know, curse broken and it, it wasn't clean. Right. There was a lot of stuff that they could focus on and and really get better at. And on offense now, which if they're going to win these next two, I get it. Defense against the Titans. And it was that type of game. I think the offense is going to have to be firing and firing, you know, six rounds a second, you know, in in, in that type of deal. And so, yeah, they need to clean it up. And I I think it's beneficial. And uh, I asked Zach about that. You go on the road. You. Deal with that hostile environment. And it was loud. I mean, it was really loud. I, I assume it felt that way on the broadcast. But there were times it was, I was like, oh, man, it is, it, it's crazy in here. And you just kind of expect Joe Burrow and those guys, especially early in the game, to respond the right way. But it was hard. And that defense, the way they played, it was, it was like the perfect storm that they weathered enough to get another 60 minutes. And, and that's the fun part to me is I think, like we've talked a lot about Joe Burrow and uh, how good he is at adjusting after facing a team once, right? He faced the Ravens and then this year he sweeps the Ravens. He faced the Steelers, gets blown out and sweeps the Steelers and he just gets used to it. I think that this entire offense, they're going to be like way more comfortable regardless of where it is. 
and Buffalo or Kansas City than they would have been had they not had this game at Nissan Stadium in Nashville to to kind of weather all of that because the the more I'm removed from the the game and I got to see because post game is a cluster for me I actually got to see Joe his excitement his body language after McPherson hit the made the kick his his excitement running off the field yeah uh let's go ah, you know all excited and and it's like oh I think he feels like he escaped. And he he got another one, and he wasn't doing his best. You're right, read you know defensively, uh, they were able to confuse him some. The offensive line, which we'll get to, we know he was taking a ton of hits, and they still win. And that's the fun part to me is because I think they're going to be able to like the things that they need to clean up offense. I think they can do most of those little things that impacted the game a ton especially in the early going and prevented them from extending their lead early on and settling for field goals and took part in in a bit at least part of the reason why he was sacked like he was and, and hit and all of those things uh, and i think that the titans were one of the only teams in the playoffs that is going to play that brand of defense that could confuse burrow and he he admitted we talked about this yesterday he he admitted that they gave him looks pre-snap that weren't what he thought they would be post-snap i think that that's part of the road factor that we talked about leading up to the game as well, James, the, the inability to use a hard count, the way that he can use it in Cincinnati, you know, it, it plays an impact in the information that he's able to, to gather before a play starts. And I think another factor is, as you mentioned on a podcast earlier this year, James, and, and one of the reasons that Joe's so excited is they can win games in multiple ways. And, and this is one that they won from you know, it, it took a different path than, than I think Joe Burrow maybe thought it would. And, and you're right. He, he did show that emotion going off the field that he didn't show at all after the Raiders game. You know, he was excited. He was, he was happy they won, but you didn't see him fist pumping. And, you know, even in his post-game interview on, on CBS, you know, he, he was relieved to, to your point. And, and so, you know, not that he played badly. His stats were great, right? He, he's, you know, 28 of 37, completing 76% of his passes for 9.4 yards per attempt. But he he was also a little bit slow at times, I think, in, in processing, and that led to some of the sacks. Here's, here's a split for you, James. It felt like Joe Burrow was under pressure. What? What would you guess? Without looking, what would you guess the pressure rate was? Just, just off the top of your head. Oh my, it felt 75%. It felt insane, right? It felt like they were in his face. So I'll just 75%, three quarters of the time. So, so it felt really high to me. I would have said like, you know, 50% because 75% almost never happens, especially on 47 dropbacks, but it was, it was 32% as charted by PFF. 32%, 15 of his 47 dropbacks, PFF says there's pressure. Now, part of the reason to this is when he was clean, according to PFF, he got the ball out in 2.11 seconds, 2.11 second time to throw, which is very, very fast, faster than he is typically in, 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 a, in a game. But 15 of those pressures turned into sacks. And so the offensive line, Definitely could have been better. All pressure not created equal. Some of the uh, pass block losses didn't turn into pressures because Joe Burrow got the ball out quickly. But 
I think this might have been the first game this season when Joe Burrow had zero deep pass attempts in the game. Zero. There were opportunities for them. They ended up being sacks. Zero deep pass attempts. Only four passes targeted more than 10 yards downfield for Joe Burrow. And still, despite that, he got his stats. He got his numbers. Speaks to the the talent around him. Jamar Chase after the catch. CJ Uzama after the catch was sneaky good in that game. Uh, Joe Mixon. We didn't talk about Joe Mixon yesterday. Over 100 yards from scrimmage. And, and that massive touchdown, great vision on that cutback run. So they, they got it from other players. And, and despite, you know, you know, when he was seeing this field well, he was still really good, right? His adjusted completion percentage in the game, 85%. But the Titans confused him. And, and I think that they were the team most equipped to do this in the field of teams remaining in the playoffs. So it'll be really interesting to see if anyone else can replicate that. I think that, you know, between Buffalo and Kansas City, Buffalo has a better chance at it. But, you know, this might be a, a one-time thing and certainly is a learning experience for for Burrow, for Taylor, getting the plays in quicker and, and just learning how this environment works. And I'm sure there will be things that both those guys feel they can improve on next week and in the future. And the beauty of it, Jake, like we said, is pretty simple. They live to fight another day. They advance the AFC championship, and hopefully they can fix those things. Can the Bengals fix their offensive line, or is this what we're going to see? We'll talk about the offensive line. We'll hear from Zach Taylor next. But first, I have to tell you about Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. We talk about Built Bars all the time here on the Locked on Bengals podcast because they're high in protein, low in calories, Low in sugar, perfect for you, whether you're looking for that new year, new me, trying to drop a few. Maybe you're just looking for a protein punch after the gym or just a healthy snack midday. You can get them right now at Built.com, and you're going to save 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. Built Bars, they're perfect for everybody. I'm on the Built Bar plan. You can get on it too right now with Built.com right now. Check them out. Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Well, we've got to talk about the offensive line. It was not what we wanted to see. It was worse than I thought it would be. I I thought that Joe Burrow was going to get sacked in this game. I thought he was going to take hits in this game. I I don't think that I thought he would take this many sacks and this many hits in this game. And when, when you look at the breakdown from PFF, it, it looks pretty bad for a couple of guys. Hakeem Adeniji is a guy that people were picking on during the broadcast. He certainly had his issues. They were at times physical, got run over by Jeffrey Simmons a couple of times. At times mental, looks like he slid one way and everybody else slid the other way. And, you know, leads to a free runner for Harold Landry right off the edge and an easy sack. So, Hakeem Adeniji, not a great game. Jonah Williams, I thought, was mostly actually okay, but at times got beat pretty good, including uh, Danico Autry sack, gave up two sacks, according to PFF, and uh, two more pressures. But how about Isaiah Prince? Quick shout-out, Isaiah Prince, right tackle, given a clean sheet in pass protection by PFF. But overall, you know, I I thought Zach Taylor's comments on this are pretty interesting James because it wasn't all the offensive line we alluded to this a little bit earlier some of it was you know 
Taylor put some responsibility on himself, on himself, some responsibility on, you know, what the defense was doing. So I thought his comments were really interesting. Coverage sacks. They're just, there weren't guys open. And, and so eventually they got home. Um, but again, these, these are things that we can learn from. Fortunately, we get to learn from them in victory. And we know whoever we play is going to be a, another tough test next week with the pass rush. Uh, but, but again, proud of the way, you know, you just look at the rep on the last play of the game. And it was a, it was a really clean pocket. And we had a lot of really clean pockets. You know, that, that's the thing is everyone's going to write about the nine sacks and how they came and what happened. But um, there was also some really good examples of those guys doing a heck of a job all the way around and giving Joe time. And, and Joe, again, you know, when, when that happens, Joe's going to, you know, find the open guy and, and be accurate with the ball. So uh, proud of that kind of stuff. There, there's a lot of positives to take away from our guys. And every week we're going to be playing against a really good defense. We understand that. Um, there's always going to be room for improvement. You know, we, we've got a mixture of young guys and some veteran guys. And um, but again, I, I've got a lot of faith that they're they're doing what we need to do to be able to win these games. And and again, everyone's going to write about these nine sacks. It's not all on the offensive line. It's on all of us. And so um, that part needs to be put in the right context. And and again, they'll improve on the areas they can improve in. Frank's done an outstanding job with that group. Um, those guys are all about the right stuff. And so, again, we'll put this one behind us. We'll learn from some of this stuff, and we'll move forward and get ready for next Sunday's plan. You know what that was, Jake? That was, this is who we have. I'm not going to, and this is how I took it. And he's right. Look, there are things that Joe could, you get rid of the ball quicker. If guys were open downfield, all of those things, of course. But he's not going to MF his offensive line to us because it's not like he can go out and sign someone right now. This is who they have, and they have to make it work. And he is right. They did block well, including Samaj P. Ryan, who had the worst play of the game, right? The Up until that point, on the key play, the pass to, to, to Jamar Chase. So there's something to build on. There's also a, something about what the Titans did to Joe uh, Burrow, uh, you know, as far as confusing him some. In that front, kicked their tail. There's no denying it. There's no sugarcoating it. But they escaped. And he, I keep coming back to that because I don't think – we're going to see that again. Uh, you, you said you didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. I didn't either. I thought it would be bad. I thought it would be a battle. Not like that. And if it was going to be like that, I would have said they're going to lose. I would have. I promise you I would have. And they, you know, they found a way to get the heck out of there with a win. And so now, is the offensive line topic going to be a huge topic nationally? Absolutely. Oh, my God. The bank, whoever wins, as we record this, Chiefs-Bills, we're not sure – Whoever wins that game, everybody's going to be on them. There's no way they can protect. That's going to be the narrative all week long. And that's fine as long as the Bengals can fix some of those communication issues and some of the things they had offensive line-wise that led to free runners, that led to, to Simmons just breaking through. I mean, there were a couple of them, man. It was uh, it was less than a half second where Joe Burrow's like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm a sitting duck. So – if they can avoid those, then I think they'll be okay. You know, really interesting. I think it was Austin Gale from PFF said that just one of the nine sacks came in two and a half seconds or or faster. The rest of the eight were two and a half seconds or later in the snap. And some of it was like Burroughs extending the play. He hasn't been sacked yet, but the play is over. He's just running, you know, running for his life and he's eventually going to be sacked. So I think the time to pressure and like time to pl- time. like way kill yeah or like there was a lot of pressure early and he was trying to move yeah yeah um was is probably skewing that a little bit but 
to, to Zach's point, when you keep Joe clean, he is going to find the guy. When he was clean, when he got the ball out quickly, as we mentioned, 25 of 31 for 333 of his yards. And that, that came with a, a drop there as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to have a perfect game from this offensive line. If it's the Chiefs, you got to deal with Chris Jones again. They've done that before. So so they've got that going for them, right? And and so they've seen the Chiefs before. The Bills present uh, a novel challenge to Joe Burrow and this offensive line. They haven't seen the Bills for a few years, but you're right. It, it's They've got the guys they've got. I would say, again, why not Carmen? But it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen at this point. I think mm-hmm. they're riding with the Denergy, and until we hear or see otherwise, I think that's going to be the case. So figure out a way to help him, figure out a way to minimize the the impact that he can have there. Because I'm not worried about Jonah Williams repeating this performance. I think Jonah Williams will bounce back and is a guy that's generally been better than, you know, more good than bad for Jonah. Quentin Spain, uh, you know, again, I think more good than bad. I think he's fine. Trey Hopkins, I think at this point is pretty okay in pass protection. Mm -hmm. Might give up one or two a game. You know, if that, but the right side credit Isaiah Prince for having a good game. I think that that was, you know, that's going to get totally lost that, that he's charted with a clean sheet. And I haven't gone back to watch yet, but when the rest of the offensive line is having the issues you're having and you're Isaiah Prince and you're out there holding it down, at least there's that little silver lining for this team as, as they head into the conference championship game. And, you know, the other thing is going back to the crowd noise, I think getting the plays in faster and learning from this experience, as we talked about, getting that chance to fight another day. And as Zach Taylor said, learning the lesson in a win is is like a really sal- salient point, a really good point that will lead to hopefully some immediate lessons learned and implementing those lessons learned right away. And And hopefully the defense keeps up its run too, right? Because... These guys are a big reason that the Bengals won that game, along with Evan McPherson, as we talked about yesterday, or McFrosty, maybe a new nickname emerging for Evan McPherson. No. So we'll see. We'll shooter. see what sticks. It, it's Shooter in the building, and it seems like your Duh. your nickname is what's in the national media at this point. Money is is what we're hearing in in on NFL Network and ESPN. So yeah. Credit where it's due. Either there. one works. Yeah, there you go. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about this defense and and DJ Reader getting specifically some praise to wrap up the show coming up next. I call Evan McPherson money because well, I like money and he's been money and I like saving money and I'm sure you like saving money and you can do that with Get Upside. It is the incredible app that is going to save you money at the gas pump every time you fill up. And all you have to do is download it in the App Store or Google Play. It is free, and you're going to save up to 25 cents off per gallon every time you fill up with Get Upside. And right now, you, if you use promo code TOUCHDOWN, you're going to get a bonus 25 cents off per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up for free. You can take that money. You can transfer it to your PayPal account, your bank account, get an Amazon gift card. You could buy me something special. You can do so much with it. And it's free money. So take advantage of it, just like Money McPherson, by going to the App Store or Google Play, downloading GetUpside, and using promo code TOUCHDOWN 
to get a bonus 25 cents off per gallon with the GetUpside app. DJ Reader elicited an F-bomb for me last night, James. Mm -hmm. You also helped. You brought it out of me. You bring the best out of me every day. And uh, you you got that one out of me too. But, you know, it was really nice for me to to feel extra justified in dropping that F-bomb describing DJ Reader when uh, CJ Uzama agreed with me on Saturday. Hey, Reader. Mean to this football team. You know how hard it is not to cuss in this every time? Like, Go ahead. I cuss, I cuss a lot, kind of. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I keep it so PG in here. Um, yeah, but he's a fucking monster. That I, I'm, I say all that, and I'm still cussing. I don't care. Like, are you kidding me? He's a beast. I mean, he, he got – I mean, look, like – I I love DJ straight up. I think uh, he, his leadership in the in the locker room, his um, his presence on the field. He's he's a force. He's a freak of nature. Like this man is a he's a he's a savage. Are you kidding? And and you know when when the whole defense plays as well as they played and coach and and coaches up there and he goes, hey, I could call out each individual player, but I'm gonna specifically say that DJ Reader played a hell of a game. Like that's how you know. That's how you know you are an absolute animal out there absolute animal like the one on my lap dj reader was he was man he was an animal and look i I hope our listeners appreciate that we've had a you know a few curse words over the past couple of days uh you know there there might not be first in locked on bengals history but what the bengals are doing is history and that's uh that's why we you know we'll break the mold a little bit we'll get out of our our comfort zone a little bit and that one look the moment Uzama was started just a facial expression. I was like, all right, we're using this. I knew it was going to be good. And um, DJ Reader, not even a Pro Bowl alternate. Get the hell out of here. Okay. Get the hell out of here with that. That's insane to me. Like, say that out loud. That's wild. I don't want to say it out loud. I don't (laughs) like it. I don't like it at all. It, it never made sense to me. We, we pointed that out as a snub right away. The guy's one of the best nose tackles in the league. He played like it against the Titans. Four run stops, according to PFF, which from a nose tackle is pretty crazy in one game because those are the plays he makes himself. That doesn't count the ones where he blows up the play but doesn't get the tackle. And he did that plenty as well. DJ Reader, really, really fantastic game. Logan Wilson, a guy we should be talking about as well, I think, was also four run stops, including uh, the the fourth down play where mm-hmm. DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Sam Hubbard do a great job of clogging up and, and bottling up the, the play side. That's a run designed to go to the right. Derrick Henry tries to cut it back. Logan Wilson fills the, the cutback lane, makes a good hit, gives time for his teammates to rally behind the line of scrimmage. Four run stops himself for Logan Wilson. How how big is it to have him back for for these playoffs? Right, obviously makes oh, the huge. the game winning setting up interception off of the Eli Apple tip pass, and so you know a lot of credit to Logan Wilson in this defense too. And they've done enough for for Lou Anarumo to we, we talked about it yesterday. Go from sacrificial lamb candidate. You know, for for this coaching staff last offseason to now getting head coaching opportunities 
head coaching interview opportunities. And, you know, you, you can't credit him and his defensive staff enough for, for the job they did against the Titans. Yeah. They, um, look, they nailed it because they said, Hey, without saying it, you know, we can't wait. We're not going to be able to win with Carlos that we need somebody else. Carl Lawson, we like you, but you're not productive enough. We're going to go get something else. We want Trey Hendrickson. Oh, Carl's off the board. We're going to make sure we get Trey Hendrickson. And they get that done. And everyone questioned that. Chido Awuzie had his worst game as a Bengal on Saturday. I think that'll change. I think he'll bounce back, which, again, exciting because you have guys that you, you think are going to bounce back and they have stuff to work on. They nail it. All that comes back to Lou. Like Lou, think about it. He was like, ah. Eh, William Jackson, we like him, but uh, it just didn't fit. Carlos Dunlap, it, and in the in the 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 moment, I'm like, those are the talented guys. Yeah, make it work. I like, I get, and I there's still part of me that feels that way about that time then. But building the sustainable machine, they clearly got it right. And so even though you get get it wrong with Trey Waynes, who is the world's most uh, overpaid special teamer on the planet, um you can overcome it because you've gotten it right with everybody else and not shocked that he got the, you know, the interview with the giants. Good luck to him. Who knows? Um, there's certainly, uh, I think a chance. And even if there isn't like, you know, he doesn't get it. What a rise because you know what Lou is going to get and, and Brian Callahan, if they don't get a head coaching job, contract extensions, they are going to get locked up, locked up, locked up. Same with Zach. They're all, they've all set, set themselves up and uh, good on them because a year ago, they were all in danger. All of them. In July, they were all in danger. In, you know, even September, right? They they start one and one, you know, uh, they dropped the five and four. Like there was some concern and they've answered the bell every time. And it started the biggest shock of the year to me is how good this defense has been, Jake. It's not Burrow. It's not Chase. It's not Evan McPherson. It's, it, by the way, all of those have, they've exceeded, all of them have exceeded, and I had high expectations for all of them. But the defense, man, it's been crazy how good they've been. And uh, Luana Rumo deserves a lot of credit. DJ Reader, their first get and free, deserves a ton of credit. And and Jesse Bates for coming up big, I think. Oh, for we, sure. We talked about it yesterday. Coming up big in the playoffs. And, mm-hmm. and he's spoken, you know, he and CJ Uzama, I think both kind of underlying, underline the cohesion of the locker room. We've talked about this a lot and we're talking about it because they're winning. I think is probably why this keeps coming up, but Uzama talking about the locker room for how special it is. He's like, I haven't been in a locker room this close since, since, since literally when you play with the same guys for 10 years mm-hmm. and, and you're growing up. Right. And mm-hmm. you're you're in your formative years. You're you're learning how to be a social human being. These are your first friendships and football relationships. Hasn't been in a locker room this close since then. And it shows. It really shows. And you know, we've talked about how much the the locker room, the culture matters. And you I, I just think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. It's really hard to quantify. But I, I really do think it matters. The calmness, collect the collectedness that you talked about yesterday, James, shows up on the sidelines, shows up in game situations, shows up in the clutch. And it's just, you know, this is a clutch Bengals team. 
Mm-hmm. When's the last yes. time we had a clutch Bengals team? Never. Never. Yeah. I mean, there was some cardiac teams, but... Yeah, but th- that felt like a team that was just like really outperforming the talent they had. And, and then it wasn't it in true, the playoffs right? either. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't in the play. It, it got them there, but yeah, it wasn't in the playoffs. Um, no, cl- honestly, never. They've never been. The- Palmer was not clutch. Did he have big moments late in games? Sometimes, no doubt. Chad was never clutch. Did he have big moments sometimes late in games? And he's my favorite Bengal ever. And I know that. Like there were times where he would have big catches to set up for field goals like Chase had, but it seems like these dudes are like, yeah, this is what we're going to do right now. And they just, it, it feels like the, the way when you're watching Brady and Edelman, right. Or Brady and Welker, or, and I'm just using those or uh, Marvin Harrison and Peyton, Man- like you just know, and then it happens and it, that's weird. And it's also weird to have a kicker of this level that that is like that, that swings his leg before going out there to kick the biggest kick of his life and say, looks like we're going to the AFC title game, man, the cojones on that dude. Yeah. I <laughs> but mean, you didn't know I was going to go there, but seriously, like, like that's great. You know how many it. people, you know how many people in a beer pong game talk trash and say, I'm going to make this cup and they fold because they talk trash. And in, in it makes them lose focus. Like in a beer pong game, the most meaningless thing ever. Or that they struggle to miss, make the last cup because of the pressure that comes with it. Dude, I'm just talking beer pong. You, you probably folded under the pressure. Me, not so much. But you might have in beer pong. I was good at beer pong. My point is, people fold under pressure all the time. And these dudes, they like love the pressure. and, and or, or actually, don't love the pressure. They don't even feel the pressure. It's really weird. They thrive in the situation. I mean, the, the, the Jamar chase catch to set up the field goal. There's like one moment that I remember from Andy Dalton's career in Cincinnati that, that lives up to that. And that's like a similar route against the Steelers to set up a game winning Mm -hmm. field goal. You know, there are a lot of similarities in those plays, I guess, but you know, this is Joe Burrow's second year and we're talking Mm -hmm. about the AFC championship game. That that's what we have to remember, right? A bunch of 25 year olds and younger, some veterans for sure. Mostly a very young team. Mm-hmm. And we're talking AFC championship and like $55 million of cap space this offseason. They have their own free Ooh. agents to get done. But I mean, we're talking about the start potentially here. Last thing for me. Who wanted to 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 join the Bengals? Was it Kenny Galladay that wanted to come to play with Burrow? It was, right? You heard that? Like before that? he before it, he did. In the offseason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the offseason. He wanted to join. Isn't that funny? coming off of a knee injury? Kenny Galladay was interested in you know coming to Cincinnati. Do you know how many free agents after the culture, all of this stuff? People can see this. Yeah. Cincinnati has never been a destination. It's a destination. Uh, That's going to be fun. You know what else is fun? Preparing for another week of a, a real game. So I'm glad we don't have to talk about that that other part yet, and we could talk about the AFC Championship game. Yeah, but we'll talk about that hopefully when we're talking about how do you build the dynasty in a few weeks. The the last thing I've got on that note is uh, Matt Minnick, I think it was, it tweeted, uh, number. I think it was Matt, number one offensive line free agent destination is going to be Cincinnati. Blocking for Joe Burrow in a team that made it at least to the AFC Championship game. Hopefully we're talking about winning a Super Bowl somehow. That would be the the dream. And not something I say somehow because it's not something that I really imagined. 
before this year. And here we are where now I can't imagine it. Now I can't think about this team is one game away from, from a Super Bowl, man. That's where we are right now. That's where we are on this Sunday. We'll find out who the Bengals play. We'll revisit the film. We'll get ready for an AFC Championship week here on Locked On Bengals. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one.